Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Carl Sharperson Jr., and he is with Sharperson's Executive Leadership. Welcome, Carl. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here, Lee. Well, I am so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about your practice. How are you serving folks? Well, I'll start off with I'm the grandson of a Virginia tobacco sharecropper, uh, and what I do is I basically use leadership principles to change cultures. That's what it's all about. The culture of an organization, be it church, be it Fortune 500 company, be it the military, starts at the top. And I work with leaders to change the culture to get better results. Now, you made a point to share that, um, you know, your legacy is from the past of a sharecropper to where you are today. Is there anything when you look back at that lineage that says um, our folks were destined to the greatness that you've achieved? Uh, I I think it says that uh, it doesn't make any difference where you start. It's where you end up. And uh, if you have uh, good people around you to surround you uh, and you stay grounded in the truth, that uh, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. So now uh, in your journey, were there points where you were like um, forks in the road where you're like, I can, you know, choose this path or that path. And then it seems like you've chosen the right path throughout, but maybe there were times where you went the uh, awry a little bit. Well, one of the things that I've always done throughout my life is things would happen to me. And I'd say, okay, what did I learn from that situation? And how can I make it better to continuously improve? Uh, So I remember when I went out for football for the first time and never played tackle football before. And my coach, who was the third most influential person in my life, Coach Sparks, said, uh, you got your pads today. You don't want to play tournament. No harm, no foul. Uh, But if you come back tomorrow, I need you to stay until the end of the season because quitters never win and winners never quit. He said, if you quit my football team, you might quit school, quit school, get married, you might quit your spouse, have kids, quit your kids. Because once you quit the first time, it's easier to quit the next time. So at that point in time, I developed a mindset to never quit. And that has served me well. So now, um, so mindset is critically important. And that that statement obviously left a mark. Was it because you knew people that quit and you were like, well, I have evidence that kind of backs that up? Or did you just kind of trust that this guy knew what he was talking about because he was a good coach? Yeah, I pretty much believe the coach took him at his word and and said, uh, I'm going to, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to play and I'm not going to quit. And then so then that decision kind of put you on a journey that was um, probably hard and difficult and challenging, but you were able to overcome that and be successful there. And that led you to the next kind of uh, step in your career. Exactly. So <clears throat> I did not quit. I was, at the time I was five foot six, uh, hundred and. 103 pounds, ninth grader, never played tackle football before. Fast forward, I stick out the season. My senior year, I'm the most valuable player of the team. 
my coach sent the recruiter to my high school to recruit me to play football at the Naval Academy. And I didn't know what the Naval Academy was. And it was only 90 miles up the road. If I had quit, that would have never happened. And then once you were in the Naval Academy, uh, there was a lot of other leadership training happening there, I'm sure. Exactly. A lot of training, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of good relationships with good people, with the best of the best. And it just sharpened me and uh, helped me to become the person that I am. So now, um, having gone through the Naval Academy and um, and I interview business leaders all the time and a lot of of them have that kind of same journey yours in terms, not exactly, obviously, but in terms of going through uh, the military and then taking those leadership skills from the military into the business world. Why do you think that the military does such a great job um, developing leaders and none of the, we don't kind of transfer any of that knowledge into like the public school system. <laughs> like it's part of the government <laughs> and we have all this knowledge and have all this track record of success, but none of it is kind of um, trickling down to the little kids. And, and those same lessons I would think would be just as meaningful. Well, it sounds like you were in my conversation yesterday when I was uh, meeting with some, with a dean of a school that works with troubled middle schoolers. And uh, saying the same thing. So the military gives, what does it give you? It gives you discipline. It lets you know exactly what you need to do to get rewarded. It's physically challenging and it's mentally challenging. Okay. Those same principles need to be applied in our school systems or any learning system. Those exact same things. There are a multitude of young men in particular that went into the military and change their life because of those elements and more than anything else, the structure and the discipline. Right. And in the military, they have kind of a machine to do this. Like that's, it's kind of, they're not expecting like the highest achieving people to come into the military. This is built to help regular folks be successful. Yeah. It's, it's designed to help anybody that comes in. Uh, no matter what your intellectual level is, what your physical thing is, there's some common elements that you go through that will allow you to maximize your potential, whatever that is. Now, is the thing that um, makes the military an effective leadership um, teaching machine or training machine, the fact that people have to raise their hand and say, I have to sign a paper and say, I'm, I want to do this. Whereas school, they're just kind of put in it and then they're just, you know, they don't feel like maybe they chose this. Well, I don't think that that's necessarily the the differentiator because I'm a firm believer that everybody wants the same thing. No matter what your economic level is, no matter what your background is, no matter what, what your culture is, everybody wants the same thing. They want to be loved. They want to be respected and they want to be successful. So in any environment, I don't care, you know, if, if you can identify those things in an individual, they will perform <laughs> if you do those things. Right. And then you just have to convince them that they really want that and that they're, to to persuade them maybe to change some behaviors to help them get what they really want, not what they think they want. Yeah. Identify what they want, what, what they want, what their purpose is, and then allow them, you give them the tools to achieve that. And uh, they're off to the races. 
Well, um, sorry for this um, kind of aside about this because this to me is fascinating and it's important to me and and it's a it's a hard problem that I think that we should all spend some energy trying to solve is to you know instill some of these leadership qualities in as many young people as possible because I think without that we're going to have problems down the line. I agree. Now, let's talk about your executive leadership. How did you transition from uh, the Naval Academy into business and then from business into, um, you know, kind of coaching other business leaders? I think one of the um, things that I had in my body, soul or whatever was kind of a coach mentality. So when you think about what does a coach do, uh, an athletic coach or business coach or military leader, you really, you're developing people, you're developing leaders. So that was something that was always in me, I think. Military gave me some skills. I entered corporate America working for Procter & Gamble, uh, which had one of the best organizational development, team building, strategic planning, high-performing work system systems. I learned that system in Albany, Georgia, uh, which transformed the community. uh, in a multicultural way and got the best results in the company's history. So I got that learning. I went to Frito-Lay, which was an upper out organization. So I learned how to deal in that organization. I worked for Colgate-Palmolive, a union facility. Uh, and then I decided to do my own thing. Uh, so I took the learnings from athletics, the military, Procter & Gamble, Frito-Lay, union facility in Colgate-Palmolive, and said, okay, what works? What elements of this stuff works? So I just kind of parlayed that and started doing that. I went to some training at the Center for Creative Leadership to get quote unquote fixed. Uh, And uh, I went through the training, which is one of the top leadership institutes that's non-academic. Went through a program called the Looking Glass Experience. 21 executives come in, run a simulation for a day, and then you debrief how you impact the organization and how the organization impacts you. At the end of that, they say, uh, uh, and that was the first time I'd really gotten accurate, timely, and specific feedback. Uh, and and I, I had an opportunity to work with a lot of individuals because I did that on an ongoing basis. So I'm working with high-powered executives in all different disciplines. And one of the things I learned was everybody wants the same thing. Again, they want to be loved, respected, and successful. And everybody has issues. I don't care how much money you have, how much power you have. The question that I asked the executives when they got done was, what's the one thing that you need to do to become a better leader? They would say this thing. I I need to work on my work balance. They say I'm on my third wife and she just filed for divorce. I'm 60 pounds overweight. Just had my third step put in. I've got two kids. One doesn't know me and the other one is on drugs. Okay. Those were the things that high powered executives were saying, right? So I knew that I could coach executives and really anybody. And everybody has the same thing. Everybody's got issues just like I have issues. So that propelled me to go into coaching and consulting. And then was it a difficult transition um, having always been involved in kind of a, a team enterprise like you've had been, whether it's the military or in these large enterprise level organizations, to now being, okay, now it's my show, Um you know, your team is you when you started, I'm sure, or maybe you had a couple other people around you, but it was basically kind of you, and you didn't have that kind of whole support of an organization around you. Was that a tr- difficult transition? Uh, it wasn't. I, one of the things that I did subconsciously as I think about my career is 
as I was picking up these skills, I was all, always trying to pick up some more, you know, not knowing what I was going to do with them. And then by the time I got ready to uh, move geographically to be closer to the family, I said, I want to do my own thing. And I've got the skills, I've got the ability, uh, and then I can look in the mirror every day and see whose fault it is if it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, when you when it is your own show, how do you kind of um, handle kind of the sales and marketing? Because not only is it you, the implementer and the leader, but you're also kind of the marketer and the salesperson and the... Um, you know, you're you're all you're wearing multiple hats here. Correct. Yeah, and I I think that um, in in all those environments that I've been in, one of the most important things to remember that I've learned is it's all about relationships. Nobody gets to where they are without having good relationships. In the military, people get promoted and get opportunities because of relationships that they've created. If you ask anybody that's been in the job market for any length of time, say, how'd you get this opportunity that you have with this job that you 80% of the time, they'll say somebody I know, a relationship that I had, you know, so that, so I'm basically a relationship guy. When I talk to people and say, these are my skills, this is what I can offer, build relationships. And that's kind of how I've gotten my business. And then um, as part of this show's mission, uh, we're trying to help other coaches learn from each other, obviously, by telling their story and then um, kind of sharing some of the lessons learned. Can you share maybe how you got your last client? Like, how did the last client come to you so others can learn from your experience and maybe either replicate it or, you know, might kind of spark something? Yeah, the last client I got... Um uh, started out just with a, a, a reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, one of the things that I do is uh, I'll um, periodically look at LinkedIn and look at people that I think are have a commonality with me. Uh, and not only do I look at what they do, I look at what they do when they're not getting paid. In other words, are they working for Boys and Girls Club? Are they working with United Way? Are they on this board? You know, what do they do? What do they do outside of making work? You know, because I'm a firm believer that the whole person, the people that I want to spend time with, not only, you know, are successful at work, they're also successful at home. They're, they're leaders in the community. So that's kind of one of the, 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 that's how I got my most recent client is uh, conversation and relationship building and how can I help you and how can you help me? Now, in your journey, you decided to write a book, Sharp Leadership. Can you talk about uh, what was kind of the catalyst for the idea and why was it important for you to kind of document your philosophy and your kind of life principles uh, in a book form? I went to some coaching myself uh, about four years ago, and one of the things that the instructor said was that uh, it helps if you have a book to uh, give slash sell that talks about what you do, right? So I had an idea that I wanted to do it, but to me, it was intimidating to get the grammar right, have it flow, have something people want to read. So my daughter, who's 30 years old now, called me one day and said, Dad, are you serious about writing your book? I said, yes. She says, are you committed to writing your book? I said, uh, yes. She says, if you're committed to writing your book, she says, I found a book coach and I'll pay for the services up through the manuscript. So that took away all the different excuses that I had. 
She connected me with a young book coach that was at the time 32 years old. Okay. So if a 32 year old can understand what I'm saying, then that's a pretty good check. Uh, and and I, what I did was I, I wrote down some things I wanted to talk about in my life, sent it to her. She says, what about this? What about this? I have a question about this. And after about four months, it was ready. And uh, I got uh, a lawyer friend to write the acknowledgement or the forward. I had a couple of people that I know do a book review in it. My daughter did the uh, the back and uh, I did a, 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 a why I wrote it and the book popped out and uh, it I call it a manual for overcoming adversity in any environment, in any stage of life. I've had a 10 year old read it, 99 year old great great grandmother, CEOs, military leaders, uh, community leaders, family. Uh, in it, I talk about my trials and tribulations, one of which 11 years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, right? Uh, I uh, went to a prep school because I wasn't academically prepared to go to the Naval Academy. I played football at the Naval Academy, you know, worked for three Fortune 500 companies. So those journeys, uh, I, I document that and what I learned from it. So it's an easy read with a lot of nuggets in it. And then um, is it kind of theoretical or is there kind of practical insights that a, a, a reader can take with them and implement in their business? It's, it's all ex- my experiences. It's all my, it's no theory. It's all, it's all <laughs> examples of, uh, you know, for example, one would be um, when I was uh, looking for, when I was in, in, in these corporations, one of the things I learned from, I guess, probably Tony Robbins, uh, 20, 30 years ago, Tony Robbins said, learn from the best of the best. You know, if you got something you want to do, learn from the best. So I applied that when I was in corporate America. When I was working for Procter & Gamble and I went to corporate headquarters, my rolling goal was to meet with the best of the best. So I called up the president of the company. I called up several VPs and I says, I want to meet with you. Okay. We get in the meeting and I said, I told them a little bit about myself. I said, I'd like for you to do the same. And then I want to find out from you what will be your advice for me to get to this certain level. And they all talked to me. Nobody, I was never denied. Learn from the best of the best. Iron sharpens iron. It does. That's right. And uh, and that's a great lesson for young people to not be afraid to make that call. I have found that the same thing true in my life as well, that leaders are open to talking, especially to young people. Um, and it, it you don't have to have this uh, kind of really super creative, clever way to get in front of them. <laughs> they want to give back and they want to share what they know a lot of times. And they'll make time for a young person questions and and passion exactly right and that's that's young people that's old people because it's a natural phenomenon a natural want and need for for people to help others so i what i tell people all the time if young people and old people if you want to um if if you if you're doing something productive there's a ton of people that will help you but you gotta ask them for the help Right. I think a lot of folks just wait for that phone to ring and um, they just keep waiting and they can't understand why other people's phones are ringing. And it's because the phone works two ways. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. So now the types of companies you work with, are they those enterprise level companies that from your past or are you working with entrepreneurs? Um, Who is your ideal client for coaching? All of the above. Uh, I work with young entrepreneurs, old entrepreneurs. I work with um, 
Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, school systems. Uh, one of the things that I have learned over time, Lee, is and I'll ask this question. I'll say, what does a general in the Marine Corps, a uh, CEO of a Fortune 500 company, a very successful entrepreneur, a superintendent of a school system, what is the one thing that they all have in common? The one thing they all have in common is they don't have anybody they can talk to. And and that's where why they hire you, because you become that sounding board? That's one of the major reasons. Okay, everybody's got blind spots. So no matter how smart you are and what you're doing, there's some things you can't see that you're missing, okay? So what I have found is that those that really understand that then they hire they hire people or put people around them to cover their blind spots. And for an entrepreneur, there's a ton of blind spots. Yeah. Now, um, is there industries you work with? Is there a certain kind of symptom that your clients are having? Is it the the work life balance? Is that the kind of area if they're where they're struggling, where your your team is a good fit, or is there um, you know does this work better in manufacturing over like creative services or professional services like i would imagine it's industry agnostic but maybe the point of entry is something around work-life balance or could it be something else yeah the point of entry normally is i i find out what's keeping them up at night (laughs) and um so i focus on the organization i focus on the leadership so with that it it crosses all different types of industries you know so um, so that's, that, that's what I have found, but the work-life balance, what I do when I coach people, I do a holistic approach. In other words, I don't look just at the business. I look at family. I have them look at family, family, career, finances, uh, social, intellectual, and, uh, the whole holistic way of looking at that. Because when you, when you're talking to somebody, let, I'll give you an example. Let's say somebody calls me and they want me to help them get through something. Okay. And then I found out I found out after talking to them that, yeah, they have some business business things that need to be worked on. But the most important thing that they need to work on is this this child that they got at home is causing havoc. You know, so, you know, so if that gets fixed, then the work becomes a whole lot easier. Right. Yeah, that I mean, that's really important to go layers deep and not. They might come to you with, "Hey, this is my problem," and then you have a conversation for a few minutes. You're like, "I don't. That's that's definitely a problem, but I don't know if that's your the big problem." Let's go when you go a little deeper. You that's where you kind of un- uncover some stuff. Exactly. Well, Carl, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If somebody wants to get a hold of the book or get a hold of you, uh, what is the website? It's uh, www my first name, last name, J-R, Carl Sharperson, J-R, dot com. If you just Google my name, stuff will pop up, podcasts, website, uh, speeches. So I'm easy to get a hold of. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And my book, Sharp Leadership, Overcome Adversity to Lead with Authenticity, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and or my website. Good stuff. Thank you again. Thank you for having me, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 